Our guest today is from the Humboldt Independent Practice Association. He is their empowerment group coordinator. Super nice guy. Please give it up for Jet Stebbins. talk about those programs yes i was so um i work at the Humboldt ipa independent practice association and we're part of this new school-based wellness program um and that is in eureka and we have um four wellness centers that we run um at various different schools and so right now we're currently at pacific union sunny bray Civic Union Elementary, Sunnybrae Middle School, um, Peninsula Union um, in Eureka, it's in Samoa, and then uh, Miranda and South Fork High. Um, so that's about 45 to an hour um, minutes away. And within those, so those are drop-in centers that we offer like hygiene products. Um, we offer social and emotional regulation if they need a break from class. Um, we offer like food, clothing. Um, pretty much anything you can think of, um, we try to offer it. And, um, addition, in addition to that, we also have empowerment groups. And this is originally, I think what. That's how I found you guys was through that empowerment group. Yeah, this is originally what we spoke about. Um, and so we do have what is a boys group, which we call the young men's council. Um, and that, and all of our empowerment groups are, um, uh, we use curriculum evidence-based curriculum um, that is facilitated by the One Circle Foundation. So uh, basically in these empowerment groups, it's a strengths-based group. And we um, basically have conversations and engage in activities with the youth that helps them build community with each other. Um, and we talk about like more difficult topics um, that you don't that is real in their life, but they don't necessarily get to talk to um about with their teacher in the classroom. Um in and, terms of sensitive subjects, growing bodies, how to make friends, things like yeah, that. Yeah, so all of that stuff, like bullying, anything you can think of that like a normal middle school or high school student goes through, like um we try to touch on it. So like um body I'm sorry, it, could you pull that just out just a little bit? If you want to just pull way? it over, over over towards you a little oh, bit. Oh, it moves or, like that. Yeah, okay, you're cool. Good. All right. Yeah. So we um talk about all sorts of topics anything that um yeah a high schooler or a middle schooler goes through we try to hit on and um so like peer pressure body image substance use um anything like whatever they we try to fill out their needs so if we in the beginning of the year we say okay these are a list of topics that we talk about what do you guys want to know about um, but I am jumping a around a little bit. So we have, our, let me go back to that. We have our boys group, which is the young men's council. Then we have a girls group. Um, and then we have a pride group that we facilitate. And then we also have a BSU, which is a black student union slash um, multicultural group um, that we offer for students to go to. And then we also have a La Mariposa group, which is for Latina identifying students. <clears throat> and the cool thing about some of those um, groups is obviously they're meant to uplift marginalized, you know, student populations. 
um, and help them build community, but also talk about amongst their peers specific issues that that community faces. Um, so I, yeah, it's really it's a really cool side project within our program that we are very passionate about. And this is all under the umbrella of the Humboldt Independent Practice Association. Yes. And what is that? It's a group of doctors, practitioners. Um, so there's it's it's kind of funny. Um, there's multiple sections of the Humboldt IPA. Overall, um, it's related to health and wellness, of course. And um, the IPA it mainly deals with like insurance claims and and things like that. Um, but also there is also the Priority Care Center, which is a clinic, so people can go there for their health needs. Um, and then there's also the school-based health center at CR, um, which has like a nurse practitioner and um, that serves the CR students. And then we also have our school-based wellness program, which serves um, ideally K through 12 age students. Um, but right now we're just at McKinleyville High for our boys empowerment group. And then for high schools, we also are at South Fork High. So pretty pretty diversified around the idea of we're trying to help people. Yeah. Anything like, that falls under that umbrella. Exactly. And so how did the empowerment group start? Um, <clears throat> that's a great question. And so basically, um, they started, the program coordinator's name is Vanessa Verdiak, and she um, basically saw a need in the community um, uh, because she used to work in the jails, and she would hear stories of like the people, the you know, the adults that they would work with about like just the the experiences that they've had and how their children are affected by it. Um, and it kind of, it kind of started out with that idea of like, oh man, like, um, I wish that, you know, you, they, cause they would tell her all the time. They would, they would say, I wish I knew this when I was younger, then I wouldn't be here in this situation. And so she kept hearing that same kind of idea. Um, so when we started to transition into the schools, she thought, okay, well, this is a great opportunity to try to build those um, safety net or those barriers for the kids um, at an early age. And um, yeah, if I could go into a little more history, I guess, about the school-based wellness program, if you want. Yeah, sure. Okay, cool. So yeah, basically in 2017, it originated out of um, McKinleyville Middle School. It was just like a school nurse and um, the program director. And it was mainly just for health, like physical health. Um, and then, you know, as the years moved on, we kind of saw a shift within the needs of the community. So um, that's how it kind of shifted from like more physical health to like social and emotional needs um, and trying to cater to those. <clears throat> um, and so, yeah, we changed it from a health center to a, um, wellness center. Cause I mean, obviously health and wellness can, it's a huge umbrella term and it can, they kind of go hand in hand. Exactly. Yeah. And so how did you get on board with this? You're a, you're a social worker. Right? Uh, yeah. So yeah, I got my MSW, um, at Humboldt state and then I got, just got my, um, so school social work credential through HSU as well over the summer. It's called a PPS. And um, originally I came into contact with the Humble IPA because I was an intern. So that was like about two and a half years ago, maybe two years ago. Um, I just needed an internship and 
I just loved it so much. And that apparently they liked me. So, you know, and we needed to expand and grow. So they offered me a part-time position and then it just grew from there. And your interest in that stems from just wanting to help kids. Um, Where does that, that passion come from? That as well. I mean, not to get too personal, but yeah, I did grow up with some sort of trauma um, and I'm local. So I'm from Humboldt County, grew up here. So I kind of can see some of the cultural issues that may um, arise over time. And um, yeah, I just, I feel like I just have a, a prevention-based philosophy when it comes to health. And I just liked everything that they were doing. They seemed back like two years ago, they were really kind of like coming up with some really cool ideas. And um, I just wanted to be a part of that. And so how are these, is it like a, a structured curriculum in a sense? You mentioned the, the one circle group. Is that yeah. the kind of parent company of what we're going to teach these kids? Pretty much. So, I mean, there's, you know, there's probably hundreds of curriculum out there, um, but they offer a specific training for um, the people who are going to be facilitating these groups. So I really love that they not only provide a curriculum for us to follow, but they also offer um, uh, like three day long training um, all day where we practice running groups. We learn about um, kind of the structure of a group. And yeah, so what was your original question? Sorry. <laughs> if, if that one circle group, I, I suppose more so how it's structured. Yeah. Because so, it seems like you could really go anywhere with that. How do you, you know, if you asked me as a kid, you know, what would you want to teach your younger self? Or if you ask me now, what would I want to teach myself as a kid? It would be radically different for me than I'm sure it would be for you. Mm -hmm. So I guess, where does that underlying structure come through? It's hard to hit on every single aspect, right? So it's kind of like, it, it's vol they're voluntary groups, so um, they can choose to take in whatever they want, you know, from it. Like, um, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I guess I hope that answers the question. Well, is there is there a structure? So you go and you take these courses yeah. through the One Circle Group of how to run these groups. Is it freeform? Do you have a lot of freedom in what, how you can interpret what you're going to tell the kids or um, is it more Sort structured? of, yeah. I mean, like there's, they obviously want us to follow some fidelity to it, but um, for the most part, they give us kind of a script to say and they have like a structure of like, you know, um, so basically there is a structure. It's like you do a, a, a check-in when they first get into the group, we sit in a circle um, we go through um, around the circle to do just like a quick check in, whether that's like talking about the high of your week or like the low of the week, however you're feeling that day. Like if you're a weather, what would you be like? Something like that. Um, kind of silly, but um, and they can always pass if they don't want to. Um, and then you jump into like a warm up icebreaker type activity. And there's a whole bunch of um, descripting um, warm ups that they give you and you just have to read them and then kind of like think about, oh, okay, I can see how this would work and you can modify it however you want. Um, and then you jump into like, um, the main activity for the week. Um, and you know, that could be, you know, writing, um, on one side of the piece of a paper, like all the things that you love about yourself or, and then flip it. And maybe there's all the things that you wish other people knew that you were struggling with and then we like throw it in the middle someone else grabs it like crumple it up there in the middle someone else grabs it and then they read it no one it's anonymous no one knows who it comes from um and then we kind of have a discussion about the differences or the similarities that they all shared 
it's so that's kind of like a short, quick and fast example of one of the larger activities that we do. Um, and each week has a theme, right? So whether it's like the similarities or differences or whether it's like consent for that week or whether it's, um, gosh, what are some of the other ones? I just can't, I can't think of them at the top of my head. It's hard coming off, off the dome like that. Yeah. When you put, when the spotlight's on, you're like, oh, I can't remember. <laughs> um, huh, that's interesting. And so do you guys have any counselors or therapists there as well or it's not that structured yeah that's a good question that's something that we do run into with the schools um we try to advertise as much as possible that we are not counselors we are not therapists um we provide services that are therapeutic in nature but we do not provide any kind of clinical like psychotherapy or anything like that um and then i also forgot sorry backtracking one second um for some of our empowerment groups, like uh, even the pride group or the, the boys group or the girls group, we have mentors come in from the community that we've um, that we've already pre-screened. And um, then they come and some of them have been with us for like years already. So um, we kind of trust them. We know them. And then they come and share their experience. So like people who have been previously incarcerated or um, maybe just have really interesting like life stories or early childhood experiences then they share um, with them, with the kids, what they, what they wish they knew or what their experience was. And the kids seem really receptive to that. I think that's a cool resource. Yeah. Especially that community aspect of bringing in people that have gone through these things or have had these experiences, and then they can kind of share that story with the kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Because they like, I think that's the most interesting aspect for them because maybe they see themselves in that person or they just like seeing physical people and like those interactive experiences um more than kind of like maybe like me talking to them you know for 20 or 30 minutes or however long the session is that day how long are the sessions so Um, it's weekly and then time frame what how long are they usually running yeah so um this year we have um we're at different school sites so it's different for each school site um typically we do them during their lunch time so the kids go get their lunch and they come um to wherever we're holding the group and um, some lunches are only 30 minutes. Some lunches are an hour. Ideally, we would want 45 minutes to an hour. But we can split the lesson in half and just do like a 30-minute lunch. Um, but yeah, and then, yeah, I don't know. What else? I think I answered that question. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's an interesting concept, and especially where it comes from. A group of doctors and accountants and insurance. Yeah, it's... Yes, you guys are kind of that mixed bag of things. It was hard getting a read on what you guys actually do because you're so diversified. Yeah, it's still tough for me, (laughs) and I've been there for two. And I've been there for two years. Yeah, it's like um, the 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 great thing about the IPA is um, the leadership that it has, and then also the amount of creative freedom that they uh, provide. So basically, if you have a passion or if you're really interested in something, um, they find a way to allow you to follow that so i think that's pretty awesome and would you say most of the students taking advantage of these group sessions are they at risk youth are they just kids curious what you guys are doing it really depends um i think it it, it, it's a mixed bag you know i've seen some more at risk youth um and i've seen kids that definitely come from like 
you know, like a middle middle class socioeconomic status, but they still have some of the same issues, you know, like you just never know what other people are going through, even, you know, depending on their appearance or what family they come from or whatever it is. Um, so, yeah. What are some of the biggest questions that these kids are asking? Is it around identity? Is it around sexuality? You life know, in general? It's hard for me to say because I've only experienced um, like the male side of things, like the the boys group that I've ran. Um, but it would be interesting to hear what like the pride group experiences or like the girls group or the black student union group, multicultural group. Um, but I would say, I think, I don't know. I think a lot, honestly, a lot of the kids are interested about um, like just how to like handle not falling into that toxic masculinity uh, genre or like a uh, stereotype. Um, really? Yeah. Cause we talk about it. Some of them, some of them haven't heard of it, but some of those eighth graders, high school kids, they definitely have before. Um, and they could see it in their lives, whether it's their, their dad or whether it's their, their friend's dad or whether it's their uncle or someone, you know, standing in line at a store and just the way that they interact or behave. Like it's, it's just interesting. They, I mean, they come up with questions about literally anything. Um, but I think most of it, they just like having a safe space to like eat their lunch and socialize. Cause sometimes it's like, there's pressures to like hang out with certain people at lunch because it's just free range on campus. Right. So sometimes that could be stressful, not having someone to eat lunch with. Um, that this way they all have one place to be at at a certain time and they know who's going to be there. Um, I, I kind of jump around all the time. I hope that answered your question. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm trying to think of when I first heard the term toxic masculinity and I don't think it was until college. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, I don't think I, I definitely not in middle school. Maybe yeah. high school, maybe. Yeah, the high schoolers definitely know about it, but like the, I mainly work with like the eighth graders. Um, this year we're um, including sixth through eighth grade um, at some schools. It just depends for each site, but some of them have kind of heard it, but they don't have like a super solid understanding. And then I kind of dive into it, give examples. Um, you what know. does that mean to you when you hear that word? Um, it's very open ended, but I think a bit. I think about it as like, um, like the idea of. Um, like ma male identifying people uh, behaving in a way that um, enforces like dangerous or violent, uh, violent tendencies through like either verbal or um, physical violence. Um, but I mean, I can also see it on like a more shallow sense of like um, feeling like you have to provide for um you know your whole family or feeling like you can't ask for help or um yeah thinking that like yeah you have to make the most money or it, it, it i don't know it has it comes from a lot of different places i guess is that that's kind of a big debate today isn't it toxic masculinity thing probably i don't know i'm not that hip to to whatever's You're going just focused on focused on the kids <laughs> yeah that's probably a good place to be in I didn't also, um, I forgot to mention all the places that we have our empowerment groups. So not only are they running at our like school-based wellness program uh, sites, um, but also there's um, groups at Redwood Coast Montessori. There's the Juvenile Hall. Um, that's where we, um, that's where uh, we like to have other 
like previously incarcerated uh, people come and visit and and talk to the kids. And then also um, the ERC, which is the Eureka Court and Community School. And then the McKinleyville Middle School, I think, is just starting up maybe in October or maybe November. So that's in the works as well. Um, McKinleyville High. And I think that's it. So you guys are through a number of the schools. Yeah, but but only those four core schools, that's where we have like our wellness center where families and students can stop by for basically any kind of support they need. Um, and then the rest of them are just empowerment groups. And the one at Juvenile Hall, do you lead that one as well? I don't. Um, no, that is the program director's uh, partner who runs that. That seems like that would be a challenging one. Could be, but, you know, I think he's known some of those kids for a while now, um, and he's been through that process. I don't want to speak too much about his background, but he's been through the um, incarceration system, uh, um, and so it, I think he has a better insight of what maybe they're thinking or going through or feeling. He can relate to those Yeah, and they can sense that. So, Yeah, that I would imagine that would at least help bring down some of the barriers. But how how many of those kids are just not interested? Yeah, I've only ex- I've only actually sat in on um, it one time, but I think they're pretty interested. Really? Yeah. Interested in the sense that they want to hear these other perspectives from community people, or they just I think want they, to try to turn their life around. I it it that'd be a good question for him. But uh, from the outside perspective, I think um, they're just interested. They just like getting the attention. And having, you know, something else to do, because it's probably, I would assume, really repetitive, you know, um, and there's probably not much variation going on. So when they have the opportunity to talk about certain topics or engage in like little activities that are different um, and meet new people, um, sometimes we will be able to like throw a little barbecue for them at the end of the year or something like that. And they just they really, really love that. So. Yeah, there's not really a whole lot going on in jail, Mm-mm. I would imagine. Yeah, it probably is a little slow. Oh yeah, not jail juvie, <laughs> but but some of them do transfer, you know. So it's 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 yeah, that's a very tough site to to navigate. I would say. Yeah, easier to be in the schools. Yeah. So, hey guys, just come in whenever. Take a lunch break. We can chat. Mm-hmm. Do you ever have a situation where a kid comes to you and you have to? kick it up to a counselor or reach out to a therapist? Yeah, so that's something is um, most of our services that we provide are referral-based. So we do our best to work with the student for X amount of weeks. um, And then if it's something that is more severe or we don't have, you know, the knowledge to handle it, then we communicate, of course, with like the principals or um, the counselors, whoever it is. um, And then we would refer mainly to outside agencies, usually for mental health. Um, but That's what I was thinking when I asked that question. Yeah. It seems like mental health would be a factor in that. Yeah, a lot of the referrals are, I mean, come, it comes down to mental health, like whether they're exhibiting behavioral issues, like if it's anger or if it's like withdrawal, it, it, it usually stems back from um, the line of thinking they have in their mind. Like the, Does that come up a lot in the empowerment group? Mental uh, health and how to deal with that and what those signs look like. Yeah, I think it can come in to play in many different ways. Um, but I mean, yeah, because we, I mean, so, it depends on whatever someone brings to group that day. Like maybe they'll talk about their family dynamics. Like they'll have 
of the opportunity because we go around in a circle and we share and then we have a talking piece and whoever has that talking piece gets the floor. Um, and so maybe the theme is like, uh, whatever it is, I don't know. Then they'll, they'll share something with the group and it'll, it'll touch on substance use or it'll touch on their family's mental health battles, um, or maybe their own. And so, yeah, then we can have a dialogue or a discussion about what they think that means. What are some coping strategies that other people use? Has anyone else gone through that? Like it, it, it comes up. So the floor is pretty open. You, you're really just going off what these kids need, like y- you said. Yeah, what they need. I mean, of course, there's somewhat of a structure that we like to follow. Um, but I mean, if they're passionate about talking about, I don't know, like whatever it is that day, like we'll try to we'll try to be, you know, as supportive and educational in that sense as we can. Um, but it is kind of tough sometimes because it feels like you got to know a lot. You got to know a little bit about a lot sometimes. Um, but in really, regards to all of these different topics. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we do, you know, over the summer, we're constantly like researching or going to trainings or like trying to get updated on the newest like information about it. But yeah, it could be, it could be tough sometimes. It's a weird time in the terms of communication. I don't feel like, when I was younger, we were we had these outlets where you could go and talk to people. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Mm-hmm. I just don't know if they were there or maybe I just didn't take note of them. But we didn't have any empowerment groups when I was <laughs> younger or any groups where you could go and talk about sex or about mental health. We mm-hmm. didn't have that. I guess you had the counselor maybe when you were in high school. Maybe, yeah. yeah. And also the counselors like are usually academic. Right when you yeah, get to high not, school, yeah, they're not. They're like, let's set you up for success. Go to college, yeah. Um, so yeah, it is very interesting, and I, I sense that this is going to be kind of in the next coming years is going to be the new structure of like schools are going to have like hopefully if there's funding for it teams of, um, you know, wellness teams, so to speak. Um, and so, I mean, yeah. It's I don't when I think back to my time we didn't have those groups we had like for middle school we had daycare after school you know if you're able to go to that and then that's just like basically like hanging out until your ride comes here to pick you up so yeah the after school program was always there yeah but or it's it like was sports just play. Yeah. yeah yeah or it's it, sports you're just playing yeah do you think that what do you think that stems from do you think kids have more problems in some way now or they're just more apt to be able to talk about it i don't know i think they're pretty open nowadays about their mental health struggles like i'm noticing that's kind of a different trend is that a social media thing Uh, probably it's i feel like at some point it was trendy to like have have men right have some illness have depression yeah depression now like my anxiety yeah yeah yeah. guys i need to just take five minutes i've got a lot going on Mm -hmm. my anxiety is acting up but also it's like very real like so many Americans have depression and anxiety. It's like the most common mental health illness today. Um, and those start at a really young age, um, probably before you can even really understand what it is. Um, and I don't know where that comes from or why that happens, but that's just kind of my thought on it. Could be wrong. But um, yeah, I, I definitely think um, it is. They're They're more open nowadays. And 
Yeah, what was the original question? Sorry. Just, just <laughs> being open about communication and talking about these problems. It seems like it's really this generation that is taking that and running with it. Yeah, I, I yeah, and I could see that it being social media. Uh, as Do you like think a, it's a good thing that they're that open? I think it depends. Like, I, I don't think anything could be good or bad, like a binary um, thing. But, um, I mean, I think it is definitely somewhat good that they're open about it because like you don't want to suffer in silence right and um yeah the more people that are open about certain topics the more like just transparency there are and normalization happens um which i think is good for everyone um because then everyone can talk about it and like learn about other people and what works for you maybe that works for me you know things like that yeah, it's a weird time. I don't know. I I think it's communication is good. I didn't really believe in that when I was younger, but I think it's important. I think there's a fine line with it though. Cuz you don't want it to become that trendy thing where now everybody just wants to say they have anxiety or depression just to be a part of that group. Which yeah. I think kids are susceptible to that. And like they don't have to have any issues even to be part of the group. Um, basically like at the beginning of the year, I didn't explain this. Um, we have open calls. So we put up flyers, we kind of get the word out around the school that we're having this group Then whoever shows up, will kind of take note of that. We'll write their name down or sign in, whatever it is. And then we'll kind of lower the numbers down. We'll just pick randomly. Like, you know, if 30 kids show up, we'll just pick like the first 15 or 10 or so. And then we'll meet with them, do like one of the curriculum packets with them for 10 weeks and then we um change it so the kids who were first showed up who didn't get a chance will be able to come in um and finish out their 10 weeks and then we do it again if there's time and then we have like a end of the year celebration what is in the curriculum packet is that a broad oh, it's overview ju- it's just like there's different types of um curriculums like there's one called like brothers as allies for the boys group and then there's one as like called like um uh, journey of the warrior or something like that they come up with these like names um but really there's it's just different basically binders full of um lessons for each week about different topics and that that's really all it is and then in the back of it um they have um warm-ups and like icebreakers for each book and that's a 10-week um workbook yeah 10 week workbook some of them are like 16 weeks depending like the high school one i think is like 18 or so um but i I can't remember off the top of my head but also you can go to their website and check it out they have a description of what it is and um all the different kinds of curriculum that they offer and is that separate from just the regular wellness group or the empowerment group or Um, that is that's attached to it what is that workbook process um is that tied to like if they come in through the lunch program that's that's what they're going to be doing yeah so the empowerment group is um basically the the structure of it comes from one circle foundation so we are just um using their structure and their like um curriculum as kind of like a, a guiding point and then we offer our own group which we call whatever you know, we want to call it BSU, multicultural group, whatever it is, girls group. Um, and then and then we kind of create, you know, the schedule, so to speak. And so what is the one circle group? 
Um, it's well, it's it's the One Circle Foundation. Um, that's just their 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 brand or their their uh, agency, um, and they sell curriculums to like either if it's schools or um, anyone who wants to run a group. Maybe it's like an after school program, um, and they have. So it's not like its own group. It's like it, some organization. It's just an organization. Yeah, yeah. Are the courses that they sell are they all? I guess would you say like social socially inclined yeah i would say so yeah it's like it's not like a math course (laughs) no yeah it's it's mainly for um community building and it's like to uh get you more secure in your identity and like um all the good stuff of like learning about social and emotional development now what do you say to people that push back on that and say well kids shouldn't be learning about this stuff in school this should be a home life education thing they should learn from their parents and what their parents want to teach them yeah um i say if that's how you feel that's okay like um you know they're getting their regular education you know during the day whatever the you know the federal guidelines are or the state guidelines for education uh, but during lunch the voluntary group we offer it um you can opt your kid out if you don't you know if you don't want to do it um we send home a, like a consent packet in the beginning of the year and it outlines all the services that we have and they can read up on all the different groups that we offer and what the empowerment groups are. So they kind of should already have a sense of like what it is. They're not getting blindsided by it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's definitely been some, some interesting. Have you gotten some pushback? Um, it just not a lot, not a lot, but without diving into it too much. Um, yeah. Some, it's like just some, some parents aren't, they didn't know that like their kid was maybe in like the pride group for instance and maybe like that kid isn't ready to talk to them about that yet um but maybe they found out through like i don't know a friend of someone or like i have no casually came up i have no idea how but yeah and then so we kind of have to be like oh i don't it's kind of it's an awkward situation how does that pan out um it doesn't usually happen very often but usually we kind of go about it by saying that like um, the A in LGBTQIA is for allies, right? So we don't say that, you know, their child, which could be true. Like we offer, we do offer, you know, a space for allies to be part of it, even though it's mainly for um, the students who identify in that specific community. Um, but we, we'll, we'll tell them like, well, your, your child is an ally and they're here to support their friend or whatever it may be. It, it really will talk with that kid. And we'll see where they're at first. Like, if they're ready to talk about that, then we'll we'll let them talk about it with their parent, or we'll talk with their parent about it. But it really, we don't want to cross. Like, the relationship with the kid, I think, is more the most important personally. Um, so we'll from follow. a social work perspective. Yeah, we'll follow. Yeah, it's like the the client. I mean, the whole community is our client, right? But in the school and the campus. Um, but really, I mean, if, like. This is their life. So I want to make sure that like we're following what they feel comfortable with. That makes sense. I hope that made sense. Yeah. That's just a hard, that's a hard spot to be in, right? And it doesn't happen very often. Yeah. Luckily, right? Yeah, It'd luckily. be a problem if it was happening all the time and you guys are like, what are we, what is going on here? Yeah. 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 We could see there being some hot spots there. For sure, if, yeah. Especially if a parent did know and then they find out. Mm-hmm, exactly. And then so we try to tell the school, because like last year, um, you know, like I talked about in my boys group, like 
the effects of social media and like um like sex education sort of and like pornography and things like that because i felt like they were ready to talk about those things um and we send home like a notification but week or two before saying hey this is what we're going to talk about next week if you know if you don't want your kid to be part of it then you know they can just opt out um but yeah like we talk about some things that are not like you wouldn't think like oh i'm sending my kid today to school and then maybe they're talking about like I don't know, like human trafficking potentially, um, or like, yeah, anxiety, depression, mental health, trauma, like whatever it is. It doesn't have to be that serious. Sometimes it sounds really serious, but sometimes we just have light, fun, you know, activities too that aren't heavy. Um, like just the other day, we did like an activity of um, just figuring out like where people align with, like if you like Harry Potter or if you like like. I don't know, like transformers or whatever, like then they'll hop onto one side and the other, like it could be really shallow like that, or we can just like, it just depends on the day, I guess. And what the curriculum want is guiding us to do. And so you've been doing this for two years. Um, I've been running group for, I think about a year and a half, a year. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I did it when I was an intern, but it was very like, um, brief and, I always had someone else with me. So I would say solid year, a solid year with the exception of this year. Have you noticed, a ch- I guess it's a little early to ask this question, but have you noticed a change in these kids regarding, I guess, you know, you brought up pornography and the effects of social media. Like mm-hmm. those are definitely ramped up in the younger generation. All the, yeah. the ease of access to everything. Have you noticed consequences or changes because mm-hmm. of that? I guess from your own perspective as a kid. I think it depends. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think when I was a kid, like those things were all happening still. Um, You know, a lot of the issues that we talk about have been happening for decades, you know, but now we're just finally making space to talk about it. And um, we have new language specifically for it. But um, yeah, I would say it can be a little bit. I guess it just depends on the school site and what the climate is or like the culture is at that school. Because some schools, like, sure, I can walk the halls and I can hear them talking about certain things or calling each other certain names. Um, and then other schools, it's more hidden. But it probably is all still, you know, happening. They're, they know about a lot of things, especially with, like, Instagram and TikTok. Like, it, it just doesn't seem that regulated for a kid to have. You know, like, they could see a lot of things that maybe, like, I don't know, their parents don't know. When I was in middle school, we had slap ass Fridays. I don't know what that, that is. <laughs> it's, it's, that's probably a good thing. It Andy's over here dying. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I remember that. Uh, it 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 was just this thing. So middle school, how old are you in middle school? 12, 13? Uh yeah, that's like seventh, eighth grade. Seventh, eighth grade, yeah. It the guys would go around and slap the ass of the middle school girls. And it oh, was a okay. select group that participated in it, but it was known throughout the school that Slap House Fridays was a thing. Mm-hmm. You never heard about that? How no. old are you? Do you mind if I ask? Um, I'm 28. 28. Okay. So, yeah, a little above. Me. I'm 24. So maybe okay. my generation. I don't know if my. I don't think my generation. Maybe we were the start of that. I don't know. Who knows? I mean, but, I think it also depends. Just like, yeah, what school you went to? Like, shout out to who, Zane. Who you hung out with? Very structured. Yeah. I mean, they came down hard. I, I believe, but it was up. It was up for a while. And then I don't remember what happened. I think 
maybe some parents found out eventually and probably school started shutting that down yeah for good reason totally. obviously but yeah that was a thing i mean kids are weird especially yeah that's like in sexual school. assault so and that was just normalized among the locker room boy talk right kind it of it was in a not way. even the locker room boy talk <laughs> it was just normalized across the campus oh wow it was that thing that far like it was just it was just a friday thing hmm. very interesting yeah right yeah i would never like i would i would imagine that the school would see that too and then they would be like all right this is like cut. a problem yeah and this is happening we gotta we yeah i don't I, god i wish i could remember do you remember any of that indy <laughs> oh yeah did it, it happen at your school 100 people that'd be kind of awkward yeah i don't i i wish i could remember more about it, it because this would be a perfect time to talk about it but i i from my perspective it felt like it went on at least for a few weeks maybe a few months wow before anybody cracked down which is weird now that i'm analyzing it as a 24 year old looking back like it should have stopped earlier especially there are aides walking around all the time mm-hmm. but we also had as zane if you went into the men's bathroom or the boys' bathroom, there would just be a lake of piss on the floor mm. constantly. In one specific bathroom, it was just a lake. People would just walk in. You'd walk right inside the door and people would just go to the bathroom on the floor. Hmm. So I, I don't really know Savage. how... I, yeah, I'm thinking <laughs> about this now. I don't know how how much... Maybe the the staff there was really on the ball. They might have had other problems they were dealing with. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it'd be interesting to really take like a analytical lens of the last decade of like how each specific school has changed over time. Whether it's like staffing or like yeah, the culture of the school. I don't. I don't know. Do you see that working through these different schools? Is there a different culture among the um, kids? I mean, sometimes, yeah, it definitely it definitely can be felt, but. It's hard for me to pinpoint it exactly, and I definitely don't want to say anything negative, you know? Yeah, you don't want to start shit talking <laughs> yeah. about the schools you work for. That might be a problem. Exactly. But, I mean, it's all just part of Humboldt County. Like, you know, there's different cultures in Humboldt County. It starts with the parents and the families that the kids come from, and then it kind of... I look at it as, like, the schools are a microcosm of the community, right? So, like, depending on, you know, where you're going to school, what area of Humboldt County you're in, you're sort of going to get... I, some type of um norm going on but i mean within that norm like there's vast differences within each specific kid even so it's hard to say what specific the cult specific bad or good culture i don't know yeah i don't really know where i was going with that one. and it's hard <laughs> to pinpoint in that you have that new form of connectivity where everyone can just reach out to anybody else through their phone True. So culture, while it's still unique and consolidated in some aspects, it's a lot more open than I think at any other point in time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because of like social media and like just everyone has a smartphone. Yeah, but imagine back in the day if your friends, you know, you would have your friend group at school and then the school that's, you know, a town over. So like Eureka to Ferndale, maybe you wouldn't know that many kids in Ferndale, but mm-hmm. now everybody's on Instagram. So you might yeah, maybe see you've them. heard of something. Yeah. Yeah, there was like maybe something like a big event happened, like that was kind of like the gossip of for the next month or so, and like maybe the 
town over, like the school of that town. Heard right, this, even the slap house thing. Andy yeah. went to a different school and it perpetuated itself down there. So, yeah. I don't yeah, know. I don't know. Yeah, there's like also the different trends that happen like on TikTok or Instagram and then they bring it to the school. Like I, I remember, God, last year there was like ripping the soap dispensers off the bathroom wall. That was like a thing, I'm pretty sure. And was it really? Yeah, so... So just trashing. So if you heard it was a thing. Those. You've heard about it. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that so just, weird? Just like, trashing the school bathroom. Yeah, anything you could pull off a wall. It was like the trendy thing to do last year. I guess like for a certain point of time. Did you see that at, at any of your schools? Kids um, doing that? I've saw the aftermath. I didn't see anyone actually do it, but I've heard about it through like teachers getting frustrated or like the administration. You know, it's just like another thing for them to do. Like they're con- they're really busy. You know, constantly putting out fires um, with like kids' behaviors, parent issues. Like, from social work aspect, is that a pretty big problem across schools, just in general? The lack, the lack of the ability for really that one-on-one attention. Because if you're a teacher and you've got a class of forty kids, yeah, five times a day, <clears throat> I would say so. Um, but somehow, sometimes a lot of teachers do throughout the year find a way to make that connection. Um, but yeah, I would say, especially in the bigger schools, like kids can get lost. I guess that if that, that's what I'm getting at. Um, uh, but luckily in Humboldt County, like we are pretty r- rural-ish. So there's a lot of different school districts um, and some of them are smaller. So it's easier to be seen and like heard. Um, but yeah, if you think about it, like back in the day, like, I don't know, Neanderthal-ish times, like um, we would have i don't know like multiple adults with like um a group of kids teaching them the ways you know but in a classroom there's only one maybe two for like 30 kids you know nowadays like the class sizes are getting bigger too which is definitely a thing so it's it's probably just harder to reach you know yeah especially in college i mean i don't have to tell you that i'm sure oh, you guys yeah. have pretty big classrooms um well for i mean for humboldt county it's like hsu those class sizes are pretty small compared to like you know the bigger bigger university what was your biggest class Ugh, that's a good question i don't know probably like uh, probably like 25 to like oh jesus 35 maybe? really that's a good maybe size. maybe 40 but that's a good size i had a couple that were three four hundred kids and it's just at hsu no i went to a couple See? different schools yeah that's what i'm talking yeah. about yeah yeah, I just went, I went to CR and then um, HSU and graduated last semester, so. Oh, congratulations. Thanks, yeah. Feels like it's been a long time, honestly, <laughs> since then already. Was it, so you were going to school through Zoom, or not through Zoom? Yeah, I did, my whole, I did my whole master's project on, online, which was a blessing and a curse, I guess. Um, but I, yeah, there's different thoughts on that. But. Yeah, I was not a big fan of the Zoom university aspect yeah i feel like the learning was a little bit stifled but i mean there was still a lot of great uh experiences that happened but um the convenience was the best thing like especially parking at hsu if anyone's listening that's local like you know the hills the stairs the parking is horrible um so it's it was nice to just be able to wake up and then be like all right i'm gonna log on not have to go for a hike every day exactly yeah yeah. Uh, I, I, did you find a video on that soap? Because I'm still thinking about that. The TikTok challenges, the one that I always think of, and I don't know if this was a TikTok challenge, but the Tide Pod 
I where vaguely the kids, remember yeah, that. kids ate Tide Pods. Oh, jeez. They, those little, they were the little prepackaged ones, like a little square. I sort of heard about it. But yeah, I don't know if they were eating them to eat them, but they were putting them in their mouths and then popping them. Like it's candy, like, like it's some candy. sort of. Yeah, I think they had to start locking up the Tide Pod boxes at stores because so many kids were doing that. Hmm. See, this is what we're talking about. Kids are, kids are wild. What do you got here, Andy? Only a month of school and gotten the sense for that. Oh, so a kid's yeah, pulling like a, soap, a hand sanitizer dispenser out of his backpack. They, there's always there's hundreds kids, of these kids are, especially middle school kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very impulsive, Super very impulsive, impulsive, and just gung ho to do just about anything. Well, that prefrontal cortex in their brain is not developed yet, so their decision making is impaired. You know, until they're at least like twenty, twenty five. I think 25 is what they're saying. You gotta, yeah. That's going to pop up on the audio. Um, I think it's 25, right? Maybe 26 now. Yeah, I think it's 20 till fully, fully um, developed brain. But like, even when you're older, like you still are forming new folds in your brain. It's enlarging, like your prefrontal cortex is getting bigger. But um, yeah, it's the, a lot of it's emotion based, right? So like, yeah, yeah, the limbic system's being activated and not a lot of thought. Yeah, motion-based and just trying to fit in, trying to find a friend group. The most, the thing that they care about the most is what other people, their peers think of them, for sure, is is what I'm seeing. Um, There's a lot of people that, kids that are susceptible to peer pressure, um, and then there's the kids who know that, and then they sort of exploit it in ways, but it's hard, it's hard to think of specific examples, but. But you. It's prevalent enough where you can see that. A little notice. bit, okay, yeah. Okay, they're playing some mind games here. Yeah, whether it's like making fun of another kid or like, you know, I don't know. The bullying's big. It's always been big. Always yeah, but now bullying. it's in your pocket. I always come back to mm-hmm. the that online bullying thing because I don't know anything about that. Terrible. And, yeah. And like, um, like nude pictures too. Like they're sending it. Um, sending in middle those. school? Uh, sometimes, yeah, sometimes, like around eighth grade, seventh grade, and like a lot, some things that you wouldn't think qualify as it, it does. Um, and um, yeah, they have to be really careful. That's what I wear, wear, warn them about, especially when they get to high school. I think that's more of like uh, where that takes place. But I would like to think they're kind of getting smarter about it. But um, yeah, I warn them about it. Like some things that don't qualify, meaning. Um, oh, well, just like, um, I don't know, like how much you're showing or like what you're showing specifically. Um, and also they don't think about the fact that like when, you know, if a, a, di- a different parent wants to like get legally get involved or something, like it can fall back on the parent because oftentimes, sometimes, sometimes the kids don't have their phones. So they're using their parents' phones without them knowing it. And then it's like, well, that phone's connected to this person's bill, which is this adult. So it looks like maybe. Oh my god! It. Could you imagine? Yeah, getting right? a charge because your sixth your, grader did your it. Son sent a dick pic to some girl in like sixth grade, and yeah. it's on your phone. Mm-hmm. Wow. I haven't personally heard of that happening, but I know, I like in the like specifically in the schools that I've been to, but I've heard of it happening, like from other people. Yeah, that's not good. Yeah, so it's just something to be aware of. Does that that hypersexualization aspect amongst kids is is weird? Does that tie back mm. into your 
you mentioned the pornography. Yeah, we don't, we don't, I don't know. I don't specifically talk about that. I just more talk about like the dangers of media and like where they're learning things. Um, Because, you know, like sex education is not like a, a huge present has, doesn't have a huge presence. I don't think in like a lot of public schools, like I think there's legally required to, to have it, but um, the con the, the quality isn't always like, I don't think there's as much regulation on the quality portion of it. So like when they're, where they're learning these things are like in their iPhone, you know, TikTok. or like, or yeah, TikTok or their friends, you know, and how much experience do those friends have? They're learning it probably from other friends that they have. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, I try not to dive too much into it because um, in my groups, like I try to keep it just like, what images do you see in media? Where does it show up? How, what, what message is this, you know, depicting about gender roles and women and, you know, just things like that. Um, it's a balancing act because you don't want to point the kids to it. But if yeah. they know about it, you kind of want to say, hey, these are the challenges. This is what to watch out for. Mm-hmm. Is that a hard line to walk? It, sometimes it is. Um, you kind of got to be aware because like you don't want to have them going home and then saying like, well, this is what we talked about today. I've learned about pornography. <laughs> yeah. Like, that would be a bad phone right? call to get. Yeah. But I mean, at the end of the day, we do send out notifications first. But you know, we send them home with the kids. So if the kid doesn't tell their parents or show their parents, like there always is that um, potential. So. Or if the parent doesn't really read it. Yeah. And they're just like, it. oh, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's a school program. Okay. Sure. Yeah. And it must they, be safe. Yeah, yeah. And then they hear about it. And then they're like, what? Yeah, yeah. I didn't know my kid was learning about this. But it's really only just one week. It's only one session, you know, long. And, it, and I try to keep it shallower. Most of the time they don't even have any... I don't think they have a lot of experience with talking about it, especially amongst other young males. Like it's a lot of things we learn. We just kind of like keep it to ourselves and learn independently, I guess, if that makes sense. Like, yeah, I don't know what specific examples that would be, but yeah, I was thinking in terms of like, I don't know how to, how to interact with like women or, um, also, like dating advice, or dating advice, how to yeah. get a girl, tips yeah. like that, things like that. Yeah, like what, how we should act. You know, like we kind of just learn by seeing, and and I don't know. I don't know if there's a huge conversation happening. You know, with those younger boys in like a positive, healthy way. I don't, I don't know, but it maybe it is. Maybe it's happening, and I just don't know. Yeah, I guess most of the time that just comes from like your dad or an older brother yeah ideally right but some some kids grow up without you know it's just like a single mother household yeah if you don't have those which can still be very educational you know but the there's something to be said about the lived experience um and passing that down but yeah do you think that's unique to guys i don't know i mean i mean there's i i tread very lightly with like the gendered language because i know like um, yeah, I just, I, I don't know. I don't know about that. I, I would think so just because of the biological sex that we have, but a lot of, you know, people identify in certain different ways and they could still say, you know, my experiences are valid and I could pass this on to, you know, a biological male youth. Like, um, so it's, it's hard for me to comment on that. You're very careful when it comes to <laughs> gender. You, you walk that line. Yeah. And I'm still learning so like so much. Like I make the mistake all the time. 
of like using boy or girl or like a lot of times I say, hey guys, like, you know. To, Is that bad? I say that all the time. Uh, everyone I think says it, but like sometimes those students don't identify, you know, as, as guys. Maybe they're male presenting, but um, they don't, maybe they don't want to be or they're like thinking about, I don't know, you know, being a different gender and it's just. It Is this a self taught line that you're trying to walk or is this in regards to the curriculum or how did you No, it's not curriculum i think just going through the social work program and like growing up when i don't know like i'm a very i can't remember i think a a young millennial so like maybe it's kind of normalized within our generation i don't know maybe it's just the people i surround myself with um but i I try to be very open-minded about like um anything related to like gender and you know, sexual orientation and, and race and all those things. And try not to, like, say anything that could be misconstrued or... Because most of the time, it whenever people are misgendered or whatever it is, it is by accident. But there are those times when I think people do take advantage of it and do it on purpose. And then that's when it's, like, a problem, I feel. Do you ever sit in on the LGBTQ groups? Um, I have not sat in on one yet, but I am running one for the first time i had my first meeting last week and i'm gonna have my second one this friday so that's at the peninsula school and what are you learning in that meeting um uh i haven't learned much yet it so it was just our first meeting um so i was just building relationship um oh this was you teaching the meeting, me not, yeah oh, so okay, i thought you were so getting a meeting. I, yeah so basically yeah we had a little schedule change and um the the person who was running the um, pride group basically we had to switch switch around so now I'm going to be taking it over and then the last Friday was our first time me first time being with those students um, and doing like a lesson plan with them and uh, yeah it was just kind of like very shallow kind of like get to know you like what are your experiences but it, it seems like they're struggling sometimes with like parents accepting which or maybe one parent does one parent doesn't. Maybe they don't live, you know, they're, maybe they're in two different households. Like, it, it's just, yeah, that's what I'm kind of From seeing. a social perspective, what is your stance on that? Because you do have the two camps, right? There's the one where you should accept if a child comes to you and says, hey, this is what's going on. You should accept that and try to help them 100%. And then there's that other camp where they say, well, maybe you should, you know, try to have them wait or try not to feed into it until they get older. Yeah, I hear that a lot too with like the trans students that are at the campuses. Like that's the big one. Their parents are like, "You don't know yet. You're, you know, you don't have enough life experience." Um, and in my thought, you know, everyone could have their own opinion on it, but my thought is that people know, you know, from a young age, like even like sometimes four or five years old, they have some sort of idea of, you know, how they want to identify or like. Um, you know, even who they're maybe potentially attracted to. Like, I feel like it happens at a really young age. I don't know if maybe four or five is kind of young, but I think by at least by seventh, seventh, eighth grade, I think they have a, a stronger idea. Um, and I think that they're, as parents, we should make space for them to explore that. Because, I mean, I don't, I personally don't see what the problem is with that um, just yet, but you know, I, I'm not a parent quite yet, but <laughs> I think the hesitation in people stems from the idea that if you embrace that aspect when your kid is so young, and especially if you get involved with hormone blockers and mm-hmm. 
bring that, that that's a tough in. conversation yeah then it gets a little more dicey because the ramifications of that should your child change their mind then it gets it's a little more involved yeah like you can't go, turn back but yeah um i don't know yeah it's that's a tough one i think i think that yeah that's that's definitely a i would refer them to um probably someone who has like experience yeah with pass like, that ball yeah like a psychotherapist that specializes in that that would be like a family conversation for them to have yeah for sure i'm gonna but. give you guys a number <laughs> you might want to call this yeah take your time i will call that number with you and make sure that you have an appointment set up that that's how i would do it you know just so i mean because honestly if that doesn't get taken care of and there is kind of that butting heads in the household for a long time that could be a big issue and that could really severely um, influence the kid's self-esteem, self-worth, um, depression, mental health, like, and it could have some like n- really negative effects, like self-harming or, um, God forbid, suicide. So, yeah, I don't envy the parents that have to have that conversation. Mm-hmm. That is a hard, especially around the transgender idea ideology. I was going to say, yeah, it it's hard. I mean, what do you do as a parent? You obviously want the best for your kids, and you want them to be happy and healthy. And that's a that's a hard line to walk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some parents I feel like take it more personally. Like they have, like for some reason it's it's affecting them more it is than the kid. Like they think like, oh, if my kid's going to do this, it's going to reflect on me somehow. I I I just get that sense. I I don't know exactly why, but um. And then I would love to have like some sort of parent group also. Like that's something we haven't tapped into that like I would be passionate in leading. Um, I would love to have conversations with parents about topics like this, whether it's race or whether it's whatever it is. Um, and just be provide like an educational support group. Like maybe there's other parents who have um, LGBT kids or transgender kids and they don't know what to do. Or maybe some parents have gone through that process and then they can share their experience with other parents i think that would be pretty powerful but um i think that's maybe down the line we're gonna have to think about something like that it is kind of crazy that just anybody can have a kid you don't have to know anything about kids how to deal with kids you could just have a kid Mm -hmm. and sometimes on accident yeah sometimes (laughs) sometimes that happens a lot of times yeah 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 well, Jet, uh, we can wrap this up. It's already 10 o'clock for us. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, we know you got to get to work. Do you want to plug, again, your empowerment groups, where people can find you, where they can find the Humboldt IPA? Yeah, so you can go to the Humboldt IPA website, um, and then you can look under the School-Based Wellness Program tab, and it'll have um, just a quick shot of our program and the different groups that we offer. Um, but right now, we have our wellness centers. If any of the parents are listening, you could stop by any time. Um, at Sunnybrae Middle School, Pacific Union Middle School, or Elementary School, um, South Fork and Miranda, and then Peninsula. So, um, and we also have an Instagram. Um, it's uh, School Based Wellness Center. I think it's like just at School Based Wellness Center. You could probably just put it into the search bar and it'll pop up. And find it, yeah. yeah. Okay, well, Jet, that was awesome. Thanks, man. Yeah, thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs>